on top. <laughs> Welcome to Laughter on Tap. This is the 12th episode and I am delighted to welcome Rob Graver to the episode today. So Rob, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, as John's very kindly put it, I'm Rob. I don't mind if you if you want to look me up, it is RT Graver. If you're looking up me specifically as a person, I don't really use social media that much, so we'll get into this bit later. Um, but yeah, I'm Rob. I work for a sausage company as a living. I'm 28 and I've been doing this for about 10 years in hospitality in general but for the last two years i've been selling hot dogs to people on the street which it can have its ups and downs and it can have laughter as well you know i love people watching but in my spare time i like to write stories that's actually how i met john through through a writing group that we're both a part of and yeah it's it's all good fun. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Rob. Well, it's great to have you with us. And we're going to talk about laughter. And I think laughter is not your biggest thing. I mean, I've, I've read a lot of your writing and I think a lot of your writing is, is probably fair to say quite dark. So let's just start on the whole laughter thing. How do you feel about laughter? You know, how important is laughter to you? I like to read into everything. I do a lot of research for all my stories. I'm very, you know, very analytical. I like to know the ins and outs of almost anything and everything so again that comes off in my writing so I've been told by a few different people that you can probably cut that out because you don't need that much detail in your stories it either pulls the reader away from the main part of the story so I've still got to learn to do that but you know going back to that I like to look into everything so I've looked into laughter before you know I I, I recently broke up with my wife about almost a year ago now and I went through a very dark stage of my life and I looked into everything. You know, I looked into depression and what it means, how to get out of that cycle. And, you know, laughter did come up in there is, you know, it's a good a good way to release, you know, endorphins into your body, make yourself feel good about yourself. I've done a lot of research into it, but as a person, I don't find that I laugh all that much mm. in general. I like, yeah. you know, I'm very very independent as a person and laughing on my own would kind of make me seem like a bit of a madman <laughs> so I don't tend to laugh all that much you know unless I'm in a social situation like now I'm talking to someone and you know they start laughing I'll probably start laughing yeah, but yeah, yeah in general I I don't laugh all that much but I completely understand that you know it's it's a great thing to laugh it helps you yes. feel good about yourself it makes others feel good about themselves and as humans everyone's sociable and they just want to feel like they're part of something. So if you're laughing at a joke that's not even funny, yes, that yeah. that goes down a whole different road of courtship. If it's a woman or a man, depending what you're into, it yes. doesn't matter. But like, laughter's there. It's you know, it's a weird construct to me. It's very sociable, and I'm not very sociable. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So um, I like the comment you made earlier that you like people watching, which obviously you can do. I'm looking looking out from your hot dog stand, um, but you don't. I think you also said you don't really like people so um you know how how does that work do you think so for anyone that is listening that's worked in the hospitality sector or retail they you know they work very well together as a as a whole as a you know a broader industry completely different in in respect but you're serving the general public you know nine hours a day yeah. your whole life and yeah. you see whole host of different people some people are absolutely lovely but then you get every other day <laughs> sometimes every day it depends where you work and what type of place you work but you'll get that one person just really ticks you off yeah. and 
it could just be the way they act. It could be, you know, it could just be the way that their kids behave. It, yes. It, it changes every day. But after working in the industry for a certain period of time, you begin to just dislike the general public. <laughs> There's just something about them as a whole. Individual people, mm. not a problem. Like I've got my regular customers, even at hot dog store, I mm. get regular customers. But when I worked at bars and restaurants, I love my regular customers. Mm. I, I can have a laugh with them. But as a whole, the general public, just something about them doesn't <laughs> sit right in my head. And I just, I just, they just annoy me, basically. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Uh, that's, that's just something I think that people that work in this industry could probably agree on. Yeah. That it's just the general public are a big, mean machine that just <laughs> don't understand other, anyone else apart from themselves. They just want to get their thing out of the way. They want to be, you know, they want to get served. They want to buy their, their shopping and be out of the way. But I just want to do my job and go home. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, that's very interesting. And um, do you think that those, because that is conflict in a sense, isn't it? And as most of us know, that is the basis of most writing in a sense. So do you think there is something that comes out of that, that sense that you have um, of, of sort of finding people difficult? I mean, in a way, I mean, I do a lot, like I said earlier, I I love to people watch when it's quiet enough and I've done some cleaning and everything's cooked ready to go and I've got five minutes of downtime you know it's it's not too busy but there's still people around I can just stand there and I just watch so I do it in the mornings I normally get in about an hour early for work so I can sit down at the coffee shop and that's where I do the majority of my writing I do it each morning between eight and nine wow very I'm very routine based as well um so I'll get I'll get into work at half seven, set up, and then I'm free for an hour from eight to nine when the shop opens. I'll sit there with my laptop. I'll do some writing with whatever project I'm working on. But if I'm not particularly working on anything, I'll just sit there and just watch everyone that goes past. Yeah, you see some very interesting characters. There's you know there's a guy that sits in Subway opposite where I go for my coffee every morning, eight o'clock on the dot. Much like me, he's there every morning without fail. Like I said, I look into everything. I calculated based on he only gets like a six inch subway, but that's, you know, three pounds at the lowest amount, depending what he's got in it. He spends over a thousand pounds a year on subway because wow. he's there seven yeah. days a week. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, not everyone goes into that much detail of things, but I love it. I'm just like, I wonder how much money he spends on subway. Cause he's there every morning, every day of the whole year. I, I don't think I've never not seen him there. Wow. So it's very odd. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a sort of sort of thing that you start to pick up on if you're there. If if I'm, you know, I work in the same spot five days a week, so I have the same seat, I have the same drink, the guys all know me, and you start to pick up on the regulars around town that aren't a regular to me as a person, as a customer, but you just you start to notice everyone. So I know, you know, the very British things like you'll just nod at someone that you recognise. You don't even know who they are, their name. But you recognise him because you yeah. see them every day. Yeah, so there's, yeah. there's an, I think he's an estate agent, <laughs> but to me, he's he's sunglasses guy. That's how I know him because <laughs> rain, shine, whatever the weather's like, he's always got sunglasses on. Wow, I don't know why, but yeah, it, they're not like the reactor lenses yeah, that yeah, change yeah. with the weather. Yeah, yeah. they're genuine sunglasses. <laughs> but if it's chucking down with rain, he'll have an umbrella, but he'll still have his sunglasses on. It's just so to me, he's sunglasses guy, but he walks past about 10 past eight every morning. Wow. We'll nod at each other to say <laughs> hi sometimes. And that's about that's about as far as it goes. But yeah, you start to notice a lot when you people watch. Yes. Yeah. That can come out in my writing sometimes. It's yeah. like if I need an inspiration for a character that, you know, it can help the reader get a bit more into the story because they are based on a real person. Yes. And that's the kind of traits that you see 
in just random passes by and that's what helps get someone into a story yeah yeah no that's brilliant and uh has sunglasses guy appeared yet in any of your writing <laughs> he hasn't yet um but i might have to put him in somewhere yeah. <laughs> if, if 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 the opportunity presents itself you know just to have an odd character that's always got sunglasses on for some reason yeah he'll he'll be there he's that's great. No, I, I, I'm going to be looking out for him. So tell us about your laughter. So when you laugh, which, as you said, is not that frequently, but what, what is your laugh like? So as I said a bit earlier, I'm very independent. I don't get a whole lot of time to watch telly. It's mainly just in the evenings and I'm so tired after working for 12, 13 hours a day. I just want to sit down, have some dinner and then just go to bed. So I'll put the telly on and I try and watch more adult stuff i try to watch like some documentaries that interest me which you know aren't really genuinely funny if i if i'm in the mood to watch something that's just sort of you know light-hearted easy going that if i fall asleep it doesn't matter if it skips three episodes ahead it's not like i've you know got invested in it i can just go back because i'm sitting on my own in my room or on the sofa i don't tend to laugh that much but it's just like a little that little snort of air out of your out of your nose just as <laughs> that's all my laugh really is because like i said i don't really want to be sat in my room cackling away like a madman <laughs> it's just it's like you find something funny but there's no one around you to you know reciprocate it yes so i'm yeah. just like hmm, all right that was funny but that's about as far as it goes you might get the occasional like huh, that was good that's about it yeah yeah no that's very interesting now you have said that there are times when you've let go so what what happens do you think what leads you to actually laugh sort of a lot when when do those things those times happen so when when i'm with you know my friends mainly but all my friends live all over the country uh one of them's off in the army so i see him once maybe twice a year when he's around my other best mate he lives back in london where we grew up and the other one's up near hertfordshire somewhere and we very rarely get to see each other but when we do get together occasionally that would be when i probably laugh the most or my hardest is because i've known them for you know 12 13 years i don't feel like there's any sort of you know anything holding me back because mm. they know what i'm like they know what my sense of humor is like and we all get along we sort of set each other off in a way. So we went we went out in Nottingham last week for my friend Stag Do. He's getting married next month. And we haven't seen each other for about six months just with all wow. the restrictions yeah, yeah. and everything going on. So we had we had a lot to talk about, a lot of catching up to do and add some alcohol into the mix and, you know, my walls, let's say, in my head come down. I don't have that sense of, oh, everyone's gonna be judging me if I'm saying this, doing this, doing that. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't care anymore, basically, if I've had a few drinks. Yeah. The inebriation's there. It sort of <laughs> put me at ease a bit. And then, yeah, I I can laugh. And it, it's everyone else would set me off, basically. So one of them would say something or do something. And, you know, we gave the stag a list of forfeits and dares and rules and all not, all that. And some of them were quite good. Like, And that's what set us off is we we were putting him in a situation that we knew he'd find uncomfortable because we know how he is and his personality we knew he's not going to enjoy this but we're going to love it we're going to get a right kick out of it which is yeah and that set us off so he's off doing something that he probably would never do in his life we're just laughing at him so yeah that's great yeah i think socially socially i can laugh at stuff yeah that's that's really interesting so it is it does seem to be to do with letting our guard down doesn't it and that maybe we yeah. 
do hold back. I, I also have this, even though I am a prolific laugher, I think, um, I do have that self-consciousness when I'm on my own. It's sort of, it's quite strange that we feel embarrassed <laughs> to laugh on our own. It's quite, quite interesting. So just going to humour, so triggers of laughter. I mean, obviously that is one of the big ones, being with your friends and so forth. But maybe tell us something about maybe why you don't find the same things funny that other people do you know have you have you given that any thought yeah so i mean i like very dark humor sort of in a sense that you they comedians at least they can find the funny side in you know darkness so before before we came on we had a little chat about ricky gervais back back when he'd done the office could not stand the guy. Mm. Like, I did not find him funny in the slightest. <laughs> but he, he released a show on Netflix called Afterlife, which, you know, deals with someone, you know, his wife dying from cancer, which, you know, as a subject and topic, it's not funny in the slightest at all. Like, you know, it's probably one of the hardest things you can go through yes. losing someone, yeah, yeah. especially like that and seeing them deteriorate. But, you know, the way that his comedy came across, he's living on his own, all he's got is his dog an annoying cousin or something and <laughs> the postman which I can't remember what can't remember his name um but, but he's on eight out of ten cats a lot yeah and he hates he hates him as well i mean yeah and that's why i think i find that show at least i found funny because he hates everyone and he hates people <laughs> he just wants to get on with his life he's working in a dead-end newspaper factory or job or whatever a journalist and he just wants to get on with life but he <laughs> hates people so i i could relate to that and then I watched a few of his stand-up shows and, again, he he deals with some very dark subject matter, but he can put a funny spin on things. Yeah. And there's another comedian from Scotland called Daniel Sloss, and I saw him uh, a couple of years ago in Ipswich, actually. Um, and, again, he deals with very, very dark subject matters, but he can put a funny spin on things just recounting a story. I love that. I mean, yes. I think that's the first yeah. comedy show I've actually gone to live and... Again, I had some had some beer while I was there just because why not? Yeah. And that probably helped. But because the whole room's laughing, I felt, you know, I would seem out of place if I wasn't laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, yeah. that goes back to that whole social construct. Yes. That yeah, yeah. Interesting. If everyone else is laughing, I'm going to look odd if I'm not. So I have to laugh. Yes. But then yeah. if I'm the only person that laughs at a joke, I'm going to get singled out as that weirdo that's laughing yeah. at something that's not actually funny, <laughs> which I've seen on shows before. Like you'll hear just a random person laughing off in the background. <laughs> The comedian picks up on that straight away and they, yeah. they go straight for them. Yeah. They all, you know, <laughs> class them as a heckler, so to speak. <laughs> that then eats away in my head. It's like, I want to laugh at that, but no one else is laughing. So should I laugh? Yeah. And then I don't. Interesting. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I find I've been through quite some quite dark times before, whether it's, you know, family related, personal related, and I can see the funny side in things. So that's why I think my humour is the way it is. Mm. Just because if you can't laugh at something, even if it's not physically outright laughing, you can see the funny side of things. Yes. Or you can see the brighter side of yeah. the dark side. Which, again, that comes across in my writing sometimes is I write about very dark and twisted things, but most of them will have some kind of silver lining. Not necessarily a happy ending, but there'll be some sort of like moral to the story Yeah, that, you know, there is better things to come so to speak yeah and then i kill someone off yeah because <laughs> <laughs> that makes that makes me happy yeah. <laughs> no and i think the the ricky gervais example is a good one because there's not much that's light about it in in lots of ways and it is very dark and it doesn't have a feeling of a, a sort of happy ending but 
it does seem to be very useful to people. And maybe that's also connected with this whole thing. There's a sort of catharsis, I guess, not just sort of splitting our sides laughter, but being able to see things in a, in a different way, which is, is interesting. Yeah. So just on a, on a lighter note, um, you've got two daughters. So yep. how does that work do you do you find yourself laughing at the children do they laugh yeah so they kids are kids they do some weird and wonderful stuff and you know if they've fallen over and hurt themselves i'm not going to be laughing at them but if they find the funny side of i don't know whether they've tripped over something but because they're messing around or they're having too much fun and they start laughing as long as they're fine then i'll probably start laughing i've got a video on my phone somewhere of they were sat on the kitchen surface trying to help me cook dinner and i got a frying pan out to to start start cooking and they thought it'd be funny to hit me on the head with it. And it just made that very <laughs> metallic, you know, very metallic, like just dong on my head. And they just absolutely loved it. They were laughing so much that I couldn't, I couldn't stop laughing because they found it so hilarious. I was like, okay, it didn't, it didn't hurt because they were only four and five. They didn't really hit me all that hard. But I was like, do it again. But it was like, it's such a you know unique childish laugh where it's, yeah. <laughs> it was just so innocent. But they absolutely yeah. loved it. So if they yeah. do something silly like that or, you know, most kids, if you want to, you know, console them or something because they're upset or hurt, the easiest thing to do is pretend to hurt yourself or think that, yes. you know, yeah. think that you're in pain. And they find that funny for some reason, which I don't, I there's got to be something deeper under there that kids <laughs> finding pain funny. I don't, I don't know where that comes from, but there's got to be something about that. Yeah, but yeah. That was what they found hilarious. And yeah, they started laughing. I could not stop because they found it so funny. Um, so yeah, they, they bring out a lighter side of me. But I mean, I've got them two, three days a week at the moment. Um, just with my, my work pattern, it's quite hard for me to, you know, yes, split yeah. custody with them. So I've got my set two days and the other five days I'm at work anyway. So it's not like I'd be able to spend any time with them so there's a lot of catching up to do and especially yeah. now it's nice weather outside they're running around the garden having fun laughing and it, it's good to see a smile on their face and it does make me feel good yeah which i enjoy yeah no that's very interesting well it's been great to uh hear about your view on laughter do you want to tell us what you're doing currently any sort of plugs for anything that you've achieved with your writing or, or whatever yeah so back in january i released my debut novel which is called succubus it is is a, a fantasy romance novel. I actually wrote it for my wife when we were together because me and John met through um, a writing challenge called Like the Prose. And that was how I started writing this. This novel itself was my wife read the stories that I'd written, like the short ones, and was like, you're really good at this. Like, can you write me a book? And I was just like, yeah, sure. I thought she was just joking around. So I was like, yeah, sure, yeah. of course, I'll write you a book. Uh, turns out she wasn't joking so i had to write her a book because i'd agreed to it and so yeah six seven months later there's a 400 page novel out of it and wow that's brilliant then we broke up so i changed the dedication to something different than it was <laughs> it was Sorry, quite fitting I be laughing. Yeah. oh i i found it quite funny she didn't see the funny side of it but i did um but like i said i see the i see the humor in the darker side of things yeah originally it just said for blah 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 my wife, um, who definitely isn't a demon in disguise, because it's about a demon. I was like, yeah, she's a demon in disguise, dot, dot, dot. And then one thing led to another, and, you know, we're not together anymore. So now it just says for her initials, who definitely is a demon in disguise. 
That's great. Yeah. So I, I found the funny side. I was like, I'm going to put a little dig in there. I mean, she knows that I wrote it for her. There's no hard feelings anymore. But no, I just thought, yeah. I can't not do something with that. Yeah. It's just too good not to. <laughs> Um, so yeah, if you want to if you want to check the book out, it's on Amazon. Um, just search for Succubus, and then my my author pen name is R T Graver. That's on there, and then I think you can find my a collection of my short stories that I've written. I'm planning to release another one maybe halfway through this year after this this year's like the prose challenge because there's going to be another thirty days worth of stories in yeah. there that I can find my best ones. That's the main thing at the moment you can you can pick up but i am working on my next novel which isn't going to be a fantasy story because that's not my preferred genre i like my horrors my thrillers my dark twisted stuff so i'm working on something at the moment but i'm only about ten thousand words in and it's going to be a big one i reckon wow that's brilliant well thank you so much rob it's been a real pleasure to speak to you and uh yeah uh, any final things you'd like to say about laughter or to people who don't also find laughter maybe that natural I mean, just, you know, just if you get that urge to laugh at something, just just do it. No one's going to judge you for laughing unless you've laughed at some little kid dropping their ice cream on the floor. You probably <laughs> shouldn't. But in your head, just laugh in your head if that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you've got to learn to sometimes keep it inside. But if everyone else is laughing, just, just laugh along. You're going to feel better about yourself because your body's got that laughter coming out and you're releasing chemicals into your body that's going to make you feel good about yourself. So you could be having a really bad day. Something funny happens and it, it might just be you laughing and th that's going to make you feel good about yourself, which I think is the best thing about laughter is it does make you feel good about yourself. Yes, that's true. Yeah. And somebody might want to come and find your hot dogs. Wh which town would they come to? So we've got stalls in Ipswich and Colchester, the company that I work for. Um, so I run the Colchester stall. So if you're ever around Colchester, just... Uh, Pop, pop by but there are some more scattered around the country there's like bath and bristol somewhere but there we're all an independent franchise but we own my boss owns every every one of them so they may not be affiliated with us but they'll be the same product so you'll still get a decent hot dog yeah brilliant that's great and of course they may well want to come and look out for sunglasses guy so that's the other reason they may want to come <laughs> just after eight o'clock every morning monday to friday <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much, Rob. It's been a great no pleasure. Thanks for having me on, John. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Laughter on Tap. Please press the subscribe button for more laughter content. And please look out for a very exciting episode coming soon, which is a play written for this podcast, and it will be performed by some of the guests who have appeared on this show. Thank you for listening. And most importantly, keep laughing. <laughs>